You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Welcome back, Joe. Thank you so much, Pat. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great to be back. That's good. <laughs> we in Victoria we've been having big easts and Joe's been surfing ice cubes over in Canada. I have I have yes yeah. so um so first off yeah it's Eastern, not the rapper not the rapper no um although I heard him on the radio so that was that was nice yeah today was was, that was a good ice, day. not not yeah correct yeah <laughs> of the cube variety <laughs> no it's it was it was nice but as all surfers know easterlies in Victoria equals sayonara oh it's been absolutely shocking hasn't it yeah so it's been a touch of reality coming back uh, more than more than a touch obviously it's nice to uh, it's nice to be back where it's kind of warm warm and sunny rather than kind of you know um blizzardy and kind of quite dark um but yet there was swell there and coming back here there's been absolutely donuts there's yeah. kind of a wave a few days ago but uh you know the natives were restless everyone was <laughs> amongst it um just trying to get some fix i guess it's uh it's interesting isn't it because where we're kind of going to be chatting is about community and i think surfing is one of those things where the community's held together the thread that goes through it is the shared experience of a swell so when you as surfers i think what happens during i mean this is a pretty big lull it's been what three three weeks which doesn't normally kind of happen in a in a victorian context it's pretty rare so but the threads of the community start to get pulled pulled away because there isn't that kind of shared experience but then people start to drop into this malaise about the the weather and kind of that there's no there's no surf and you start to see um one of my signposts is when you start to see people start to share waves from other places and start to <laughs> reminisce about kind of um, times etc because i think it's an activity based um kind of community it's that you you touch bases with parts of it through the experience of going and doing the activity but then you know you run into you know people that you see down at the beach kind of in in a different context and you don't have really that much to talk about because you're like oh there's been no surf and then you're just like oh it's terrible isn't it it's absolutely terrible it's like, an, it's like a micro depression running across the community yeah <laughs> yeah but there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of new kind of stimuli for for conversation yeah. and i think part of being inside a community is it's really based around interaction at, at, at some level. So kind of, you know, these things that kind of help us stay together as, as a group is often about kind of how, I guess, not frequently we interact, but the kind of the quality, the qualities of those interactions. That's so true. Um, and it really hits on, I suppose, where we're going to today, which is that quality of interaction. Hmm. And, and just looking at the past two years, especially... I think across the world, but just what COVID's done, I mm. suppose, to that quality of interaction, how how strong that quality can feel through a screen or through different interaction and how micro or large mm. our community has been through the COVID experience. But surfing, for sure, you can really feel that accentuated and those conversations really hit an all-time low when there's no <laughs> surf and no, there's, there's nothing no to share on. But I've definitely felt that similar experience a, a bit with covid because hmm. a lot I mean, of people parallels. that haven't because your experience spectrum 
has been pretty limited in terms of what you can actually do. And depending on where your life is, you can plough along with work and do a lot of different things. But a lot of people haven't had the opportunity um, to have that experience spectrum and really colour their, their palette. So it's been challenge i think it has been a it's it's been a challenge in that you know what you're talking about there is that it's probably the lack of um pulse in in that spectrum so a lot of our interaction that really does keep us together as a community i think you know because it's become quite flat because it's become virtual and a virtual conversation you know which is where i think we should start is very very different than an actual um physical face-to-face conversation even in our own experience of of doing that as close as we are it's harder to do something like this through through a screen because we're not three-dimensional objects in that space you can't necessarily i mean as humans we're so attuned to read not just what's said but the cueing that actually comes along with with a face-to-face interaction and i think when you then take that that's just in one relationship and you scale that up at a community level and you think through kind of the amount of interaction that you would have in in a day, which is something I've been thinking a fair bit about kind of coming one kind of going back to to where I grew up. And, and then you kind of realize just the amount of kind of, you know, the interaction layers are actually the same. But you kind of you're you're engaging with people across all different walks of life, but you do it physically, whereas virtually you don't, you don't get that, you know, you don't kind of see, you know, like the random tradie guy that you're still a little bit sus about. You don't see the kind of, you know, the gardener, the, you know, you don't kind of, you know, engage with the person helping the kids cross the street. You don't engage with the person at the supermarket necessarily. Like your experience becomes very, very narrow. And I think that's unfortunate because in a virtual world, when you then go and start to think and try to find more connection, I'm not sure how well that works out because of the it can't be random because it's an algorithm yeah it's true in terms of finding those new connections online Mm -hmm. it can't be random it's definitely more pointed in Mm -hmm. in where you where you go and where you can find those interaction but i think a lot of people's experience of covid i know mine has been very micro i feel very fortunate of been growing a family in that time so Mm -hmm. it's sort of harnessed that time really well to be able to really absorb that special Mm -hmm time with kids and growing a family and understanding what that means on a personal level but uh, a lot of my friends who I went to school with and grew up with hitting a significant milestone and I reached out to a friend who I went to school with and just having a conversation with them and just hearing a little bit about their perspective and where that conversation went sounded very similar to that surfing dialogue. Mm. There just wasn't much more to talk about. We still had a really great conversation and could play on memories that we had at school. But in terms of that shared experience and understanding just what was going on, there was just this really sort of void that yep. <laughs> that existed there and there just wasn't much to play with in terms of what was happening, what was changing. It was just this sort of COVID-esque Groundhog Day that, was hard to navigate around in a conversational sense i don't know if you've had that similar experience and i suppose we touched on this a bit and that was should be good to hand to you to think about is that covid experience really did make your as you were saying that narrow band of interaction but you really only went micro with your community you might have had a very big 
connection with a lot of different people, but your lived experience, especially in Victoria, you could only live in a five Ks for some of it, yep. a lot of it. Yeah. Um, who you interacted with and your shared experience is pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Pat, like what you said there, like the void is a, is a really nice way. I think, you know, to think about what we're now faced with as a, as a society, because it's, it's ultimately, you know, I think relationships are based off of two things. One is shared values around kind of this, these are the things that we believe in, which I think we're, we're all going to struggle a bit to come back to some level of kind of cohesion around. And, you know, and I, I worry about that, you know, how, when you haven't interacted and you've kind of played out shared values, it becomes very, very difficult to then restate them. So we've spoken about this before in the past that, <clears throat> shared values are often experienced through interaction you know and that you kind of have these moments where they're reinforced or they're or they're taken taken away and i think because we've all been put in little bubbles so to speak and some of those bubbles could be rich for people some of those could be terrible for for people but we haven't had those moments where where norms get reinforced and you know i thought about that a lot at the end of last year um for example with my kids school they did their school performance they did it at school but they kind of um did it at our local drive-in so everyone could come and see it and it was the first time where I actually felt that these values that this school stands for and the school principal did a tremendous job of kind of stepping up and actually greeting every single person and every single family um, across she runs two schools um, coming into that space and kind of starting to rebuild some of those values around why we're actually here and why we choose to send our, our kids to this particular um, set of schools and that was really I thought kind of this that's actually what it's going to take to start to reset some of these things and I would say that that would go across workplaces it would go across sporting clubs it would go across lots of different different things but then the the meta picture of that is that we have to be careful that it doesn't become too tribal in terms of that these little kind of groups then become things that it can't connect to the bigger bigger whole right so there's that shared values values piece and be great to get your take on that in in a second the other piece is then we actually haven't had those kind of shared experiences and you know certainly through covid i think what's what's been challenging for most people is exactly what you're playing out there between you and your friend is that it's hard when you're not interacting with each other in a way that is actually doesn't have some form of setup to it. So, you know, I think most kind of um, shared experiences, like you might've gone camping together, but as we all know, camping is just the construct for a weekend of, depending on how you want to take it, it could be anything, but there is an experience and color and richness that I think we all lost, right? We've all lost it as part of all of that. And then how do you, when you're trying to reach to someone, I think it takes, it takes a lot, you know, even through, um, even through it all, I, I constantly, you know, each day I try to say to myself, like, try to keep this light, try to keep this fun, try to reach one person and have a bit of a giggle about, about something and just, but it's difficult. It's super difficult. And I think we kind of then we've got this conundrum between our values have been kind of pulled apart and we haven't had a shared experience to kind of help maybe even pull us back together. Mm. I think you've hit on a few things there. And the big one for me that, and our conversation prior to having this broadcast is around 
the two things that are playing out there and that's that shared value how do you re-signal where your values are but where is the space where you do that and that's an amazing story about hearing how the principal's actively playing that role taking that opportunity to really reconnect and start to really get that fabric of a community there i think school's been hit so hard and it's been so hard on the kids teachers that whole community and that's a great sign of strength from that principal to be able to do that um but at a community level i think what's playing under there with that values is and this uneasiness is that's sitting there is where do people sit on the spectrum of vaccines non-vaccines how did they live that life how well did they police themselves yeah all of this stuff that is this uneasy tension when it comes to value signaling and where you sit and how you feel and this acceptance of people's reaction because in our lives in victoria we've had it pretty like i think you said it best off air there's been this monster mm. that's been told to us that's coming yeah and and now all of a sudden it's very much not all of us in it together but all of us dealing with that monster individually and where that sits with us and untangling this fear really because mm. we've got to live with it now and what that means on an individual level and i think it's taking a lot for people to understand what that means on an individual level, but then where it sits on a community level as well. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of... That's the dangerous bit with some it of is, this is yeah. how people feel and it, whether you, as a leader, give space for people and communicate that everyone has experienced this at a different level, but we've all shared the fact that COVID's been here and played with our lives. You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Your hosts, Patrick Beggs of Per Production, a production house that works with organisations to create media that strengthens culture and communicates that culture to the world. And Joe Rogers, CEO of The Contenders, a brand agency famous for crafting brands which deliver results for those who work for them, shop for them and support them. For more information, head to baupod.co. And if you find this podcast insightful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to our conversations. I, I think it's, in, it's actually very dangerous territory. You know, that's, that's kind of where I feel we are at at, at the moment at a, at a community level because exactly what you're talking about is that there's these currents that we, unfortunately, we now have an opinion on the person across from us that <clears throat> I think is not necessarily based in things that traditionally have separated us. It's just become something else that pulls us, pulls us apart. So I think societies often get pulled apart, whether that's about specific belief groups, specific kind of the colors of your skin, where you're from, even your gender and kind of or your sexual orientation. They all create these different um, layers in a community. And really, you know, how do those communities actually come together and get past all of that sort of stuff was acceptance and it was actually understanding whereas now we're caught in this thing you know particularly between like even just the vax unvax mandate not mandates they're all things that kind of um people still have you know a very strong opinion about because of the fear and the things that have been ingrained for us and also then this shared experience of that you've put you know i think like I see, I see this a few ways. I've seen it where people are like, I've spent two years of my life trying to keep COVID at bay. And then I've got this guy over here or this, this woman over here won't put her mask on, won't get vaccinated. 
that's legitimate in terms of that they have a perspective on that from their own experience and they see that through the lens of community sacrifice however they don't take the time to understand where the other person is coming from in that in terms of kind of understanding that you know well net net as long as kind of we we're all going to get this at some level and that's actually what's going to create herd immunity kind of really doesn't in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter in that individual moment it might matter but it doesn't matter in in the long tail and i think that's where there's been a huge gap in i think in leadership at a at a political level to it was very easy to talk about getting to zero. Um, that's an easy articulated outcome that they can turn machinery against to drive something to. It's much harder to actually stand and start to talk about that we all actually have to accept each other's viewpoints and actually work together through this now that we're actually allowing, it's, I mean, we can't, allow is the wrong word, but it's happening. And that, Pat, I think is, you know, what, the point you're making before, that is not occurring and people sit with these viewpoints that they don't talk they can't really talk i, I mean i haven't seen it i've seen quite a bit of yelling um but i haven't seen a lot of talking mm. that leadership that void of leadership of being able to sit with ambiguity and mm. different opinion is something that our political machine doesn't allow for no it wouldn't seem but when you step back and look at it you think there is a real moment right now to be able to say, as a leader, honestly, grab that transparent word that we love to throw around mm-hmm. and be like, look, this is where we are. This is where we're trying to get to. This is what's been experienced. And try and heal a little bit from the knowledge that they don't necessarily have the answer. <laughs> I think yeah. that, for yeah. me, stepping back and sussing all of this out from a societal level we always have loved to have an answer to something. Yeah, and so as true. leaders, they always love to profess an answer. And you watch it from state to federal level. Everyone's got a different answer. And people sort of gather around. The, the answer is the fire. And people have been gathering around different fires. Yep. And now you're getting tribes that are gathering around different fires, which are answers. Mm. And the fact of the matter is that the stove direct answer to this you know pick and choose to a degree but it's still shifting but we've had leadership that has shape shifted at a level and said this is they've sort of just gone from campfire to campfire to see which <laughs> one's got the most people sitting around yeah, and gone which one's got the majority yeah, yeah which is sort of short-term politics and which is where we're at yeah it's not and it's helpful but does it doesn't need to be um political because you know i mean across the break i mean you know i um, was rereading a few different kind of books and stuff but one of the things i was reading was kind of um martin luther king's biography Mm. and kind of you know which i think what was interesting um about kind of mlk was really that he was a product of the church but inside the church in terms of kind of being a, a minister he was seen as the the fringe of it in terms of kind of like he was almost the end outcome of kind of a whole bunch of ways of really kind of preaching for for equality but then he took that and started to just talk to everyone um about that and i think that's the you know i was just kind of thinking about that is that politicians in in that sense don't really do that but we've also we suffer now from this lack of kind of other voices that we can actually actually turn to because they tend to get like pulled apart don't they i mean obviously that happened to um, mlk as well but i think just the narrative and the cohesion around kind of that you know we're all equal 
underneath the kind of um you know just not necessarily by the color of our skin there's we're kind of lacking that as as well as communities now where like where do you turn so like politically we it's quite divisive but then also inside community it's not like we have these other people these authorities that we actually can help kind of bring us bring us together that's true we don't we don't have that no. space generally that that bridges a lot of different beliefs and people sit at it together from different perspectives. Um, yeah. And we that's sort of what corrodes the middle in society is we don't have that that shared sort of... We've got this fractious society it's where people crazy, are going yeah. off, 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 off and off and mm-hmm. everyone's pretty still firm in their belief and we don't have that acceptance piece yep. anymore because the algorithm of rage is there. Um and I've been thinking a lot about that and, and what's really happening, you know, from a news front, starting a newspaper way back, I'm always interested in this and that is just what charges news and what charges the cycle and how great it would have been for the big publications and what people view news to be from my experience what news now is through covid people have really turned to a trust source now it's also a distrustful source what it actually means but the matter is that it's front and center and generating lots of ads and i think they've they've really nailed it with the headlines and and people turn to it as if it's gospel or they turn to it if it's rage and either way it works for the publication at large because they're still selling ads and i think that's something that as a society um i'm hearing two arguments and that is establishment anti-establishment and chaos versus non-chaos in terms of where this is all going there's a lot of distrust out there and then there's Mm. a lot of trust um but there needs to be this, there's this piece that's missing, which is sort of being able to police the unseeable, which is that the king's clothes and that is the algorithm of rage. Everyone's fed a different content feed yep. that hits their buttons and keeps them there. And in the matter of fact, everyone's been on a screen so long and what they've been absorbing of late has been a lot of fear base and has been a lot of antagonism between two communities and i don't think when you step back and look at the numbers that's actually the true reflection of what's going on so i think we can when we sit here we can go it, it is really fractious but i think when you do get a lot of people together it's not like it's that not at all like that at all no, so it's not how do we get there yep is is a big question. I don't know yeah. if you have the answer. No, I definitely. Well, no, I wish, I wish, I wish I did. I, I do think there's a couple of signposts, though, in in what you're saying. I think first is that a bigger narrative than this is is probably one of the antidotes to where we actually actually sit. I think societies often work on momentum. So you know, what are we actually working towards? And someone who can actually articulate a vision for that. And you know, I would argue that that at some level is going to be about you know learning to um, you know how do we actually ensure that humans can still live on this on this planet? It's not about the planet. It's about actually our ability to to live here and actually um, you know have a home. I think that's that's potentially one area where that you can come out of something like this and start to talk talk about that. And the second thing. I think is a little bit smaller than than that, but it's it's getting back to the point I was making before about kind of you know what values do we actually share, right? And how do you actually start to kind of ensure that those things are actually um, communicated and understood? I think a lot of you know people at the moment you know they feel almost displaced. Like I think that's kind of um, 
yeah, I, that was my experience of travel this time is that what I, what I felt, I mean, obviously, I, you know, it was great. I really enjoyed it. But the underlying current in most people I spoke to, um, and you know, I'm really chatty. I talk, talk to everyone from guy, guy at the coffee shop to the, the homeless person asking me for two bucks. Like it's, I'm happy to have a conversation. And what I've, most people felt displaced or somehow like something was off. Their equilibrium had been thrown a bit, and they were struggling to even. I think like at some levels understand that another human was actually interested in, in their experience because they become so kind of almost squished and, and displaced. So I think simple things about kind of, you know, like little acts that you can actually, I think, do for people, which is just talk, just actually chat. It is because it's to your point from, you know, if you think about kind of just math, we have a conversation that settles us both down. You go, you have two more conversations in the same vein that does exactly the same thing. And eventually we get to a point where we can accept all of, all of these things. And I think it's, you know, to me, one of the, the kind of the two antidotes is a big vision, but it's also in, in small moments of acceptance, right? So the next time you, you know, you think you're going to crush someone cause they're not wearing a mask in a supermarket or something, just have a pause and kind of just be like, well, there's probably a really good reason for that. And even if there isn't, it's, it's for them. It is, there is a reason. So just be cool with it, right? And just try to kind of understand that, um, you know, however you feel, broadly on your end, you probably, if you're wearing a mask, you've probably done a lot of things to protect yourself, however you see. But try to see them as a human being, not just the bloody person not wearing a mask. And I think that's kind of some of the stuff that can help restore a sense of collectivism because it's gone. It's gone at the moment. Yeah, well said, well said. Um, I like that conversational piece. Yeah, I think that's something everyone can take from if they're feeling this and listening to this. It's it's a good one to engage and just and feel even from a personal level that there is cohesion that does exist there. And it's is, there. You just got to find forward. it. It's just um, I think it's <laughs> yeah. breaking the perception. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you're going to find it. Like in, uh, it's been interesting. Like taking a break from kind of like you know just like the socials of kind of kind of life and business life, and I come you know you kind of look. I didn't look at anything and kind of came back four weeks later and you look at it cold and you're just like I don't want to engage in this anymore because it's it's kind of it's point scoring whereas what I do find at like a individual or even like in a just a setting where you can even if it's just conversation on zoom it's just you can actually have a conversation you can actually kind of talk and stuff and people aren't necessarily just trying to score something that is going to land for a period of time so I, you know I think it's you know to your point Pat it's just the more we chat the better off we are yeah open mind Open mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and open possibilities. I think but, ears yeah. is a key part of that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So kind of a, a couple of years um, yeah. to kind of to kind of guide guide your way through. But you know, like I'm I'm optimistic about you know generally in life, but I, I am optimistic that we will get back to some of these things. But the caveat that that goes with that is that it actually takes will from from people, and it's you know it's the the basis like the last kind of piece of you know um things before we kind of you know move into um kind of the next area i think is community development what the basic premise of any community development is is it's about energy and it's about kind of an investment into a space a place or a community something that defines it so we all have to think about kind of we've got to put a bit of energy back into it and the thing about it i think is that if you do that, it's actually nurturing 
for you and it actually kind of helps you pull yourself out of you know certain spots you've been certainly for myself when i found my own mental health just doing a, a nosedive just chatting doing nice stuff you know like leaving a board at the beach so someone can surf like it's just it's small things like that that i think help your brain kind of rewire itself around that you know we're not in this forever it, it will it will end so it's kind of like the little acts of kindness piece yeah hmm. from an organizational level I, I wonder if a big piece is for people to be heard i don't think people have been heard that's a big part is hmm. their experience of COVID or their experience of the past two years haven't been heard i think no. that's a big cohesion piece if you can get people to be heard and then forecast a bit of a vision that sort of sits with that um which is a funny piece when you when we talk about scomo here in in australia i think there's two levels to that whether you're truly hearing for for cohesion or you're truly hearing for opportunities is another thing mm. but um i think yeah, yeah trying to look after your mental health and and figure out what works for you and what works for the people around you is is a beautiful place to leave and mm and think about healing and and going somewhere great i don't think we left necessarily a great era so if we can exactly. if we can actually like if we're being it's deadly the honest understated thing you've ever said like <laughs> if we're being deadly honest in australia we came out of the huge fires like climate was right on us and these yeah. are some things that we need to get back to focusing on as a society but yeah there's a big there's a big opportunity for a great so. opportunity for vision to be cast and for people to get around it in a, in a positive way. But let's see if that if if the ground is fertile and yes. if the seeds are there, then fingers crossed we can um, grow some great things. Well said, Pat. See you next week. See you next week. Thank you for listening to BAU Business as Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's B-A-U-P-O-D dot co.